A very beautiful sicha where we experience the fusion of nigla and chsedes. We're going to begin with the question al nigla about a sukkah she'ula, a borrowed sukkah, why it is okay to use it on sukkahs. And after a brief explanation according to nigla, we're going to go through a more lengthy explanation according to chsedes, according to pnimis and yonim. Along the way, we're going to get a beautiful glimpse into the difference between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And ultimately, it'll boil down to a beer, an explanation according to Chassidus as to why we can use a borrowed Sukkah, but we can't use a borrowed Lulav on the first day of Sukkot at least. The Gemara is in Sukkah, the Gemara says in the Sukkah, Tanya, just like one cannot fulfill their obligation on the first day of Sukkot with their friend's lulav, with another person's lulav, because it says, It says you should take for yourself on the first day an esedig and the lulav, etc. It says the word lachem. Which from this we learn, Mishalachem, it has to be yours. You have to own it. And therefore you cannot be Yetzir with someone else's Lulav. A person cannot fulfill their obligation with another person's sukkah. Because the Pasuk says, You should make for yourself a sukkah for seven days. Lach teaches us, It has to be your sukkah. And therefore, if it's another person's sukkah, even if they give you permission to be in it, you cannot fulfill your obligation of dwelling in a sukkah on sukkahs. The Chachamim say, they argue with Rebbe Lezer and they say, Even though, even though we know that you cannot be Yitzah on the first day of Yom Tov with another person's Luliv, nevertheless, a person could fulfill their obligation with another person's Sukkah. Because it says a Pasuk, all the citizens of Yisrael should, can, should sit in Sukkot. The fact that it says, Kol HaEzrach B'Yisrael teaches us, Shekal Yisrael Ru'uyim Leishi V'Sukkah Achas, that all Yidin are worthy of dwelling in the same Sukkah. And therefore, it, can, it doesn't matter whose Sukkah it is, as long as a person is sitting in the Sukkah, they're Yitzah, they're Mitzvah. That's the Shita of the Chachamim who argue with Rebbe Lazar and the Chachamim saying, you could be Yitz to the mitzvah of Sukkah in another person's Sukkah. So what do they do with Lach? Why didn't they say Chag HaSukkah? So the Gemara answers, This is there to exclude Gzula. A stolen Sukkah you cannot be, you cannot fulfill your mitzvah in it. You cannot fulfill your obligation. But if it's a borrowed sukkah, it says, which teaches us that you could fulfill your mitzvah in a borrowed sukkah. The halacha is with the chachamim, and the halacha follows the shita of the chachamim. As chach means nidyeitzav yam tevrishus from chagasukis midalat minim shulim. That although the halacha tells us you cannot fulfill your obligation at least on the first day of yamtiv with borrowed dalat minim, 
with the four kinds, with the four species, Lulav, Esig, Hadassim, and Aravis that are borrowed. Mishum Dibinum Lachem, it has to be Lachem, you have to own it, and borrowed is not yours. Is Aber Basuke Ander, Shuman is Yitzmit, Asuka Sukkah is different, and you can fulfill your mitzvah with a borrowed Sukkah. The Rabbi is going to suggest three ways to understand this according to halacha. Why is there a differentiation between lulav and sukkah? The first two ways the Rebbe himself is going to refute based on the wording in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. And then the third one is the one that we're going to conclude with. Here's the first one. We may learn the pastor's mashma. As the tam parvosti chacham halten as mezietz besukkah shulah. Seemingly, we understand that the reason why the Chacham hold that you could fulfill your mitzvah with a borrowed sukkah is that the limud from pasuk called Ezrach beYisrael veGamer melamet shekal Yisrael ruim leishev besukachas that the limud that we learn that which we learn from the pasuk that everybody is worthy of sitting in the same sukkah is megale as tasaloch meitnit as as darzayin shaloch teaches us that when it says chaga sukkah tasaloch this teaches us that it does not need to actually be yours. It's only there to exclude the stolen sukkah, but you do not need to own your sukkah. That's one way. That's one distinction, one way of understanding the difference between lulav and sukkah. That lulav, it says, you need to own your lulav in Asrik. And sukkah, even though it says sukkah is tasalach, you do not need to own your sukkah. However, the Alter Rebbe says like this in Shukhan Aruch. Even though the Torah says, which teaches us that it has to be yours and it can't belong to someone else, nevertheless, a person could fulfill his mitzvah in a borrowed sukkah. Because since a borrowed sukkah means he is going in with permission, it's as if it's his sukkah. And the reason it says Mishalach is to exclude a stolen sukkah. But if it is borrowed, it's as if it is yours, and therefore you can fulfill your mitzvah in it. Zat and Mefuris, so from here we see very explicitly. As Eich Basukah lent men up from Lach as a Darzain Shalach. That also by sukkah, like by Luluv, Lach teaches me that it has to be yours. Un von Dezveg, and nevertheless, is men Yetzmita Sukkah Shulah, we could fulfill the mitzvah with a borrowed sukkah for a Mashulah. Because a borrowed sukkah is as if it's his own. So, unlike the way we wanted to learn it first, that sukkah does not need to be shalach, clearly from these word, words in the Alter Rebbe Shuchanaruch, lach does mean shalach, and a sukkah has to be yours. And the reason why you own your own sukkah, why you can be Yitzah Mitzvah in a borrowed sukkah, is because borrowing it is as if you own it. Tafrim Farshtein, but according to this, we have to understand. From here we understand that the fact that you're Yitzah with a borrowed sukkah is not because Kola Ezrach is coming with a special limud to exclude, to differentiate from Lulav and say that Shula does work here as, a, as an exception. But, nor, that's not why. Nor, the reason, according to the Alter Rebbe, that a borrowed sukkah works is because a borrowed sukkah is as if it's his own sukkah. 
So this raises the question. So why does the same reasoning not work when it comes to Lulav? If something that I borrowed is halakhically considered for this time as if I own it, then why can't I say the same thing with regards to Lulav and say that if I borrow a Lulav, it's as if it's my own and I can be a mitzvah with a Lulav? So that's the question. That is the question that we're going to be addressing throughout the Sikha. Why by sukkah, by, by a luluv, do I say, the Chacham teach us, is the halacha, that on the first day of Yom Tev at least, you cannot be yates with a borrowed luluv because it has to be yours and borrowed seemingly is not yours. And by sukkah, even though we say sukkah has to be yours, nevertheless, you could fulfill your mitzvah with a sukkah with a borrowed sukkah, because because a borrowed sukkah is as if it's yours. Base. So in Siv Base is going to suggest another explanation how to differentiate between sukkah and luluf. And he's going to suggest that maybe there's different levels in shaloi. There's different levels in how, what it means yours. There could be something that's partially yours, something that's totally yours. And maybe sukkah only needs to be partially yours, and luluf needs to be totally yours. That's the next suggestion. We can answer. That within the characteristics of Shaloi over here is an art of Chilukim We can differentiate on how much it has to be Shaloi. By Sukkah, the Pasik of Kala Ezrach reveals to us. That a smaller level of shalach is sufficient, and therefore in and that would include a borrowed sukkah, even though it's not shaloi mamish, but it's somewhat shaloi because he has permission to be there, and therefore sukkah works even as a borrowed sukkah. But when it comes to lulav, where we don't have a limud of kala azrach that allows a minimal level of shalach. Is the purest when ulakachtem lachem misha lachem mamish over there? We learn that it has to literally and completely be yours. Afu shtendiker efen shalachem a complete way of shalachem. Versus memayid lulav shol which excludes a borrowed lulav. So that's another suggestion. That it's true. They both need to be shalach. They both need to be yours. But there's a difference. By sukkah, we see from kala ezrach that as long as it's somewhat yours, is good enough. By Lulav, it has to be completely yours. And maybe that's the reason why there's a difference in, in the halacha between the sukkah and the Lulav that are borrowed. This too is going to be refuted also from the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. Aber from Lashem Snaltan Rebbe in Avayta Dikin Sifis Mashma. But from the wording of the Alter Rebbe in a later Sif in the same simon. As Shulav Basukah. His masma is understood. We're going to see that the borrowed sukkah is also considered shalai mamish. It's not a lower level of shalai. It's a full-fledged shalai. This is the lashon of the Altar If a person builds a sukkah in someone else's property without permission. So it's considered a sukkah gzula, even though the sukkah itself is his own. But the boards, the the the, uh, the the parts of the sukkah are his. But it's but it's built 
without permission in someone else's property. So even though you be the Eved, you are Yitzah, the Mitzvah. One should not dwell in a Sukkah that is in someone else's property. Because it's not considered Shalei Mamish. It's not considered completely his. The Torah says it has to be yours. You can't compare it to she'ela, to borrowing a sukkah, which the person gave him permission to use it, and therefore it's considered she'loi mamish, it's considered completely his. So that's why she'ela works. But if, you, if, if you're building the sukkah and someone else's property, it's not she'loi mamish, and it's not therefore not lach, it's not yours, and therefore lachatchila, you should not do it. So from here we derive. That the reason why you yaitza your mitzvah by a borrowed sukkah is not because it's by sukkah a minimal amount of shalai is sufficient. But rather, without the Rebbe says that shuula is shalai mamish. It's literally completely is. The reason why you could be yaitzi your mitzvah with, uh, by the borrowed sukkah, even though the sukkah has to be your own, is because if you borrow it, it's as if it's your own. So now this brings us back to our initial question. Why? By the dalad minim. Why? By the lulav is she'ela is a borrowed lulav. Excluded. Because it's not shalachem, it's not yours. If it's borrowed, if we see by the sukkah that shu'ulari ki shalai, that something that's borrowed is considered shalai mamish, is considered completely uh, his own. This is our question. Why can I be yaitzim my mitzvah with a borrowed sukkah and not be yaitzim my mitzvah with a borrowed lulav? Ken menzogim. So we might be able to answer. And here the Rebbe is going to give a third suggestion into understanding the difference between sukkah and lulav. The first was that by sukkah it doesn't need to be shaloi. The second was that it does need to be shaloi, but it doesn't need to be the same level of shaloi. Because from Kala Ezra we learn that a minimal amount of shaloi suffices. Here he's going to have another more revolutionary approach. As did uftu from limud Kala Ezra, that what do we gain from the limit of Kol Ezrach, not to tell me that sukkah is enough, if, if, even if it's not entirely shalach, nor for carrot, but the exact opposite. As in in a sukkah, hot in zichazag geder, was mitzadem vert shulah, but sukkah shaloi mamish. Sukkah has a characteristic. So sukkah has something about it that transforms a borrowed sukkah into a shaloi mamish. Not to say that you don't need to be shaloi, just the opposite, it needs to be shaloi. But sukkah has something that Lulav doesn't, that transforms a borrowed sukkah into an own sukkah. And let's explain this. How do we explain this? What is unique by sukkah? That it turns a borrowed sukkah into an own sukkah. Since he's lending him the sukkah, it should be similar to or exactly punctvi. Punctvi should be exactly like his permanent dwelling for the rest of the year. Which is the whole characteristic of a sukkah that it replaces his permanent dwelling. Unlike lulav, which lulav, the owning the lulav is just a detail. The mitzvah of the lulav is to use it, to shake it. The fact that it has to be yours is only a detail in the sukkah. 
He's only detailing Lululuf. But by sukkah, the whole definition of sukkah is that I'm living in it. That it's my dwelling. Is there bargain by if and the shleimam is different by sukkah? Where the whole definition of sukkah is that, that the person owns it. When a, when a person lends him a sukkah, he's lending, him it, he's lending it to him to own it. It is on that condition that he's lending it. In other words, when a person lends a lulav, he lends the other person the use of the lulav. And therefore, he's only using the lulav, it's not his own lulav. Therefore, he can't be Yitzhah's mitzvah. When a person lends another person the sukkah, he's lending him the ownership of the lulav, of the sukkah. Again, when a person lends a sukkah to another person, he's lending him the ownership of the sukkah because that's what sukkah means. Sukkah means that I live in it. If I live in it, it's my dwelling, it's mine. So when a person lends another person the sukkah, he's lending him the bylus. He's lending him the ownership of the sukkah. And therefore, and therefore, it becomes shalaymamish because that's what the person gave him. The person didn't just give him permission to use the sukkah. He gave him permission to live in it as if he owns it. And therefore, it's a much greater level of shaloi because the person gave him the sukkah to own it. And that's why by a sukkah shaula, it's shaloi mamish. It's literally as if he owns it. And therefore, he can be his mitzvah in a sukkah shaula. This is the extent of the brief and concise explanation that the Rebbe gives. <coughs> gives Alpin Negla. And from Seif Gimel and on, we're going to go into the world of Pnimi Yisra and Yonim, the world of Chassidus, and going to see an entirely revolutionary and different explanation, Alpi Chassidus, that at the end will bring us back to this Nigla question to differentiate between Lulav and Sukkah, why a Lulav, a, a borrowed Lulav cannot be used for the mitzvah, and a borrowed Sukkah could be used for the mitzvah. We can add on to this and make it more gishmak according to Chesidus from Pasuk from the Pasuk we learn that all Yidin are worthy of dwelling in the same Sukkah because of the greatness of Sukkah the quality of, the, of Sukkah that in all Yidin is achet in Eimitzis all Yidin become one in one entity, bees has called you to the point that they all are deserving, they all are worthy of dwelling in the same sukkah. When high time and is for this reason, is ba sukkah by sukkah. Even a borrowed sukkah is as if it's his own, as we will explain, uh, 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 as we will now explain at length. And here goes. Explaining the Pasuk in Tehillim, where it says, the concealed, the covered up on the day of our celebration, as the those things that are accomplished, but in a concealed way, which means covered up, they are revealed. On the day of our celebration, Sukkis reveals the great accomplishments of Rashon and Yom Kippur. Based on this, we'll be able to understand the difference by, with regards to Lachem between Sukkah and Lulav, whether you can fulfill your mitzvah with a borrowed one or not. By first prefacing an explanation, how these things are accomplished 
in the concealed on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Once we get the picture of how it works Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and we then apply it to Sukkot, we'll get a whole new understanding of the Luluv and the Sukkot. So in Geret HaMol Barucha, it's been explained at length in the references, Lekutu Sikhas Chelek Dalet, a very uh, uh, popular, a very famous Sikha in Chelek Dalet, as in Teichen for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, in the theme of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, there are three levels, one above the next. Aleph, there's three concepts with regards to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, one above the other. Aleph, the mitzvah sayem. Number one, there's the mitzvah of the day. And this is both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where lumping the two of them together as one. In the Avedah of Bakasa, which includes Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we have three things, three concepts. Number one is the mitzvah of the day. But Rosh Hashanah, mitzvah is Shefer, Rosh Hashanah is the mitzvah of Shefer. Yom Kippur, the mitzvah of Tainus, the mitzvah of Tshuva, Yom Kippur is the mitzvah of fasting and doing Tshuva and Vidui. Confession. Base, the second le next level, does was a zainin from the Asayis Mitzvah, the fact that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are part of the Asayis Mitzvah. Which means the fact that they have a, a tshuva component. One component is the mitzvah of the day. Another component is the aspect of tshuva. Because tshuva is hecher von mitzvahs. Tshuva is higher than mitzvahs. Und der Riber kann sie misaken sein, das was mir verfällt in der Avedah von Kiyam mitzvahs, which is why he can rectify that which a person is lacking because of the lack of of doing mitzvahs. Tshuva can fix it. Something that's bigger than something else can fix that which is broken. So the second component is tshuva, gimel, their toichin, atzmi from the tag, the days themselves, the definition of the days. Which is even higher than tshuva. The theme of the day is the Avishter's request and the avoda of the Yid to, to crown the Avishter as king. The day itself that atones, the day of atonement, excuse me, the day of atonement. Which the atonement that comes from the day of Yom Kippur is greater than the atonement that comes through Tshuva. Tshuva was the second level. This is the third level. We're not looking at what the person is doing during the day, so to speak, the mitzvah of the day or the Tshuva of the day. But we're talking of the day itself and what it consists of. So we have the mitzvah of the day, you have Tshuva, and you have the essence of the day. So that's the first breakdown, because we're going to use these same, the same breakdown of three concepts, we're going to use it again and again. And it's good, I, I made a chart, as I've been doing lately, so you can follow through this, these three levels as they go uh, through various different ideas. We're going to have the same three concepts. But this is the basis of them. There's the mitzvah of the day, there's the aspect of tshuva, and the essence of the day itself. Indeed, Rai Yonim, Veren Arreus Gesagti, Verschiedene Ifanea, Iskashlus, Vaisachtus, Verdieten mit Nebischen. In these three levels, these three concepts will, will also express three different uh, uh, ways or expressions of the connection and the unification of the Yidden with the Ebischen. Ein Eifen is one way of connection between the Yidden and Hashem, as Yidden sein Nazevi Kivyachla Besunder Messias. The Yidden are Kivyachal, a separate entity. There's Hashem and there's the Yidden. Two entities. And the two, the two separate things connect together. The Yid connects to Hashem. But in them, Eifen, in this manner, this connection and unification has to be accomplished by 
and express itself through and in something. It has to be accomplished through something and it has to express itself in something. What is this something? Through the fulfillment of mitzvahs. Accept upon themselves the yoke of heaven. And they fulfill the decrees of the king. This connects them with the king. So that's one way of connection. In them, gufa. Is the atifra in this concept itself, when you see these two separate things that are connecting, when they're connecting through mitzvahs, there's really a deeper level in that. The deeper connection of Yid with Hashem was not mitzvahs, which is not dependent on the fulfillment of mitzvahs. And this is expressed in the approach of tshuva. As a field of an Ayid at Zifun Zikas Shalmarakun with the Melmachoshamayim. When even when a person throws off the yoke of heaven and transgresses the will of Hashem, Hotter Grace Fardrus Uncharata of them, he is upset about it and he regrets it. Unvildas Farichna wants to rectify it. So the fact, so He's not connecting through doing something because he didn't do the mitzvah, but there's still a feeling of connection. He feels bad about what he didn't do. So that that feeling is a feeling of connection. And it's in a way, it's higher than, than, than mitzvahs because he didn't do the mitzvah. It's deeper. The, the, the very feeling in his, in, in, his, in his gut that he feels bad that he didn't do the mitzvah, that represents a connection to Hashem. But... This still is connected to mitzvahs. He feels bad that he didn't do a mitzvah. So it's still connected with mitzvahs. Though it is higher and deeper than the connection that comes through mitzvahs, it's still somewhat connected to mitzvahs. The disappointment in himself and the regret that he has is coming from the fact that he did not fulfill the mitzvah of Hashem. And therefore he decides from here on to to carry out the decrees of the king. And therefore, since this connection also expresses itself. In the following the Abister's decrees, haste as dog as there is no Hamatsis Bifni Atsme was Falkum for Pinsikmet Nebishn. So this implies that he is still a separate entity that is just carrying out the will of Hashem, similar to what we said before about mitzvahs. And therefore, even though it's a deeper connection than mitzvahs, it's still not a full-fledged oneness because it's still another entity that is fulfilling the decree of the king. The Hexter Eifinais Kashus. The highest level of his kashrus is Yisrael, the Kutsubrichu Kulachat, is when Yidin and the Avista are one thing. Yidin and Be'etz and Eintz Kivyachom with Kutsubrichu, Yidin are inherently one thing with Hashem. Und der Farbund, Zogt sich erreist in der Bakashtof and Akashbaruch und der Aveda mit Hamlichun Yalechem, this connection is expressed in the Aveda and in the Avista's plea of Hamlichun Yalechem, crown me upon yourselves. The fact that the Yidin awaken and accomplish that Hashem should be their king. And he explains in the next two paragraphs why that is. What is the connection between Tamlichun Yalechem and Kulachad, this connection where it's not two separate things, but it's inherently one unit that is connecting the Abister and Yidin.
Discuss in the first two levels where you're connecting through a mitzvah or even through tshuva. Is that can only begin after the Abister is accepted as king? Then it's possible to, to follow, to follow, to, to, to carry out and listen to the king. Or to do tshuva for not listening. But that's forbidden with Melech, and then they feel connected to the king. But this only can happen after there's a king, and the king is their king. They can then listen or not listen and do tshuva for not listening. Before the Abister becomes king, before the Yidin accomplished Tamlichuni Alechem, coronate me as your king. Vos macht as is felt to you is the minion amalucha. Was to leave them betnidin as the Rebbe says. What causes that that the that the that the Yidin should ask the Abister become our king? It's because in truth they're one thing with the Lakus. Therefore, they can't exist without a king. And therefore they come Tamlichuni Alechem. So the fact that the Abister says Tamlichuni Alechem and the Abister and the Yidin crown the Abister as king, this expresses the fact that they can't be without the Abister as a king. They're connected, they're inherently one with Hashem. And therefore, the only thing they can do is coronate and and and, and make Hashem as their king. So therefore, Tamlichuni Aleichem expresses the idea of Kulachad. So in the three things that we had, we had mitzvahs, tshuva, and itzumo yishalyoim. Mitzvahs represents the connection of the Yevishter, where there's two separate entities, but through mitzvahs they can connect. Tshuva represents a deeper connection, but it's still two entities that are connecting through tshuva. And Tamlichuni Aleichem, which is the itzumo yishalyoim of Rosh Hashanah, represents the Kulachad, the inherent oneness of Yidin and the Yevishter. So we had the three concepts in Hashanah Yom Kippur. We had the three concepts as they are seen in the relationship and connection between a Yid and the Ebeshter. Or Yid and the Ebeshter. In Siv Dalid, he is going to say that because of this, we find sometimes differences within Yidin in how they fulfill their mitzvahs. Because we're talking about uh, 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 Yidin being a separate entity from Hashem that connects through mitzvahs, therefore that separation brings that the way a Yid fulfills a mitzvah will be different in one Yid from another Yid because everyone is a separate entity and therefore they express themselves in their own way. But in Tamlichuni Aleichem, in the Kulachad, in the oneness, over there, everyone is equal. Tziv Talit. This will explain to us why when it comes to the fulfillment of mitzvahs, we find differences in the manner of fulfillment between one yid and another yid. Similarly, with regards to tshuva, though the differences are smaller, but yet there are differences with regards to how one yid does tshuva versus another yid does tshuva. Not so when it comes to the idea of tamlichuni of crowning Hashem as king, that in the talking there are no differences between Yidin. In the parentheses, he's going to give an example, and then in the next, uh, and then in the Hemshech of the Sif, he's going to explain it better. 
like the way we would see by the coronation of a human king, as in the moment of the coronation, which is being brought about by the acceptance of the people, the great officer of the king and the simple person stand with the same bitl, with the same humility and the same acceptance of the king. Not so is after the king is already crowned. And after the king gives decrees, then there are differences amongst the people of the land of how they fulfill. Some will do a better job at it, some will do not so good a job. There's an idea of a sar godel. There's an idea of Yispash, some are greater officers that are at the beck and call of the king at every moment. There's the Yispash that minds his own business in his own place. So there's differences. In the moment of the Akhtara, everyone stands in awe, in bitul of the king. Once the king becomes king and starts ruling, then there become differences. Similarly, in the idea of Tamlichun Yalechem, everyone is the same. When it comes to Kima Mitzvahs, or even when it comes to Tshuva, there is, there are differences between the Yidin. And here he explains, it's Mamshuch. Because the quality of the connection, the idea of this connection is that they feel separated and then they connect through mitzvahs. Their fathers are key, mitzvahs and kabbalahs, ail by yedin, enam, leitz, and bazundir, eifen, madrege, atom, tzitzvah, neatzme. Therefore, the fulfillment of the mitzvahs and the kabbalahs oil, the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, is going to be by each person on their own individual level. Mitzvahs in, in, in this context re- represent the individuality of yidin from the eibishter, and therefore the individuality of yidin from each other. I'm my own person, and therefore I do the mitzvah the way, uh, according to my personality, according to my character, according to my level that I'm on. In a way, this is a tshuva. When it comes to Aved Satshuva, which as we said before, is a deeper connection that we have with Hashem, that is not based on mitzvahs, there isn't that big of a difference between one yid and another, like we, as we know, that tshuva could be accomplished through a thought. In one moment, in one instant, you could do tshuva. So a fleeting thought is not going to be so different between one person and another person. You say, oh, you say, I'm sorry. You think to yourself, you, uh, uh, that moment of regret, that moment of tshuva is not going to be so different between one person and another person. So there isn't such a big difference. But there still are differences. First of all, he's doing tshuva on certain avedis that he did. And where is he returning to? To his own source, to his own place of origin, which is different than other, the other person. In the Avedis that he did, and where he's going to, Yidin are the, the, the two people, and will be different one from another. So even though there isn't such a big difference, because the idea of Tshuva is very similar in every person, but nevertheless, there still is a differentiation, like we said before, with regards to Tshuva, that the Iskashros is, is a separate entity, but yet... It's not as separate as mitzvahs. Also in this idea, tshuva is similar amongst yidin. 
But nevertheless, it is, it, it is not exactly the same. In when you get to the third level, since it's coming from a place where Yidin are one with the Abishter, just that you can't differentiate between in this context between Yidin and Hashem, as they came in Similarly, you can't compare, you can't separate, you can't differentiate between one yid and another yid in this manner of connection to Hashem. In them, the Nali Yidin, the Einetzim, all Yidin are one entity, one inherent being, who has his talking in his chalkos, that is beyond division. So, in these three levels, not only do we find uh, that, they, that they express different relationships with Hashem, but also it, 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 the, the, the way we see it, the similarity or the, or the differences amongst Yidin will be on three levels. When it comes to Tam Lichuni Aleichem, everyone is the same. You're talking about a oneness. Therefore, just like you can't differentiate between the Yid and the Ebishter, you can't differentiate between one Yid and another Yid. When it comes to Tshuva, so Tshuva itself is very similar across the board. But nevertheless, there's still going to be a differentiation, a distinction in each person based on the Avedis that the person is doing Shuvah for or the return where he's going. Now, when it comes to mitzvahs, since mitzvahs represent the, the, the Yid as an individual entity from Hashem, therefore, every individual is going to express themselves in their own way. So that's the third uh, column, so to speak. That's the third way of differentiating these three concepts. Mitzvah Sayyim, Tshuva, and Itzumah Shalyim. Totally uh, uh, um, two separate entities that are connected through mitzvahs. Two separate entities, but the connection is much deeper. One entity, and then when it comes to the differences, by mitzvahs, there's a, there's, every yid is different. By tshuva, they're the same, but not exactly the same. And by tamlichuni aleichem, everyone is 100% equal. In Sif Hay, he's going to say that since we're going we're going from Rosh Hashanah to Sukkot, instead of looking at these three things in the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur themselves, let's look at them in a more overall picture across Tishrei. That these three levels will be expressed one in Rosh Hashanah, one on Yom Kippur, and one on Sukkot. Sifei. Even though we find all the three things, both by Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Mitzvahs, they each have their own mitzvah. And Tshuva, they're both part of Tshuva. And Itzumah Shalyim, they both have a, a definition of their day. In a more general sense, in a more revealed way. Each of these three things will be connected with one of the three of the month of Tishrei. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Chag HaSukkis as follows. What is the revealed element of Rosh Hashanah? The fact that it's the beginning of the year, the fact, the time of the crowning, the coronation of the king. As the Rasag writes, the most important, the first and primary idea with the mitzvah of Shefer, the fact that we are crowning upon us the Creator. So the main and more most revealed aspect of Rosh Hashanah is the crown, coronation of Hashem. 
What's the most revealed aspect of Yom Kippur? The fact that it's the day of tshuva, the day of forgiveness, or as it's known in English, the day of atonement. After the transgressions uh, of going against the will of the king. Even which is really the third level, the level that expresses the essential connection, the inherent connection of a Yidin de Ebishter, is out in the Inyifun Even is about forgiveness and atonement. So Yom Kippur, what is the most important, most revealed aspect of Yom Kippur? Forgiveness. The forgiveness that comes from Tshuva. Chag HaSukkos. Is this man when Yidin and Megoli are angeton and Kiramitzis? Sukkos is the time when Yidin are mostly in, in, engrossed and involved in doing mitzvahs. Sukkah, Natilas Dalad Minim, Venet Asukim, the mitzvahs, Fun Baal Nochem Akipurim, the people are involved in mitzvahs, who Kishmei Chaga Sukkah, the name of the Yom Tiv itself, it defines a mitzvah, Sukkah. So if we were going to break down, and, and from this point on, we're going to be going the other way. In other words, till now we started with mitzvahs, then Tshuva, then Tamlichuni Aleichem, or Itzumi Shalyoim. Now we're going to go the other way. We have Rosh Hashanah, Tamlichuni Aleichem, Yim Kippur is Tshuva, and Sukkah is mitzvahs. Sorry, I jumped ahead myself. Now we're going to go to Sivov. And in Sivov, he's going to say that just like, even though we just said that it's the Bechlolus, it's the Rashani Yom Kippur and Sukkis, but just like the Rashani Yom Kippur, they each contain all three levels, so too it must be that also Sukkis contains those three levels. So we had it in Rashani Yom Kippur, we had it in the Iskashros of Yidnu the Yebishter, we had it in the, in, the, in, the dif, in the differences between people when it comes to fulfillment of mitzvahs, we had it in the overall month of Tishrei, Rashani Yom Kippur, Sukkis, and now we're going to see these three ideas in Sukkis itself. Since everything that happens in the concealed on Rosh Hashanah Kippur is revealed, is understood that even though we just explained in Sif hey, that Sukkis is the idea of mitzvahs, in these mitzvahs of Sukkis, we are going to be able to express, we're going to see these three concepts that we've been talking about till now in the mitzvahs of Sukkot themselves, also those ideas that are really begoloi on Hashan and Yom Kippur, we're going to see them in the mitzvahs of Sukkot as well. Just like Rosh Hashan Yom Kippur, there's the essence of the day, and the idea of tshuva, and he explains it over here, very interesting, before he says the third Indian. It's hinted in the words of Chazal, Ten days between Rishonim and Kippur. So this is a very interesting expression, because technically there's only seven days between Rishonim and Kippur. There's ten days that are inclusive of Rishonim and Kippur. Nevertheless, the way Lashon Chazal used is Asar Yamim Shabain Rishonim and Kippur, which means that in, in one sense, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are part of the Asar Yom On the other hand, there are days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that are the, that are the Asar Yom Tshuva, but and they're different from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's what he explains over here. It says, 
The says the son of Yom Kippur is an atel from a says mitzvah, and the one and the son of Yom Kippur are part of a says mitzvah. Ubiyachad mizeh that is the mitzvah that's hecher for the niyan tshuva, but in the asara yamim. On the other hand, they're higher than the idea of tshuva. There's there's days that are between the son of Yom Kippur, but the son of Yom Kippur themselves rise above those days. So you have the essence of the day, which is Yom Kippur, as it's higher than tshuva. Then you have the fact that it's part of a seismi tshuva, the, the fact that it is the union of tshuva. And then there was the third idea, the mitzvahs of the day. So just like by Rosh Yom Kippur, you have these three ideas, the essence of the day, the idea of tshuva, and the mitzvahs of the day. Similarly, we're going to find with regards to sukkahs. Because the Pasuk about sukkahs says like this. The Pasuk is metar, the Pasuk the describes the Yom Tov. On the 15th day of the seventh month, there's the Yom Tov Sukkot, seven days. Chag HaSukkot Tassalach Shivas Yomim, you should make Sukkot for yourself seven days. When Isaiah, by the mitzvah, when you see the Sukkot, also the mitzvah of dwelling in the Sukkot, state by Sukkot, state for Shivas Yomim. Nit on dait in dika dozan yom miyuchot mitzadatzmai. So the important uh, distinction, because you're going to see later with regards to Lulav, how it's different. It says it doesn't say that these are special days during which you eat in the Sukkot, dwell in the Sukkot. These days are special because they are the Sukkot days. Chag HaSukkot, Shivas Yom, this Shivas Yomim, make up the Yom Tov Sukkot. That, because, they, because you have the Sukkot, that's what makes them special. And from them first statement, as the Indian Atim for Sukkot, is the Sukkot. So we understand that the inherent aspect, the, the, the most fundamental aspect of Sukkot is the Sukkot. Because it's Sukkot is what makes it the Yom Tov. Chag HaSukkot, Tassalach Shivas Yomim. When it comes to the Dalat Minim, is their din who lekachtem lechem b'yeim arishin priyet sader as in them yeim arishin yom tov sukkis. So when kaimz and yimitzav until the Dalat Minim, that on sukkis a yom tov that's already special because it's sukkis. One of the details of what you have to do on this day is netilas Dalat Minim. It's the shaking of the lulav and esrik. But from them is mochach as mitzvahs dalad minim is not etzim yonif yom arishin shal sukkis dem yom tov. From this we understand that the Dalat Minim is not the Inherent aspect of Sukkot, it's something that's being done on Sukkot. The way the Pasuk describes Sukkot, that the Yom Tiv Sukkot is seven days, seems to imply that the seven days are made up by the Sukkot. That's what makes them what they are. And therefore the, we learn from this that the inherent element of Sukkot is Sukkot. On the Yom Tiv Sukkot, one of the things we do is Dalad Minim. But it's not the Etzim of Sukkot, it's a Prat in the Yom Tiv Sukkot. Then Noch. Noch their mitzvah for netilas dalad minim. Then later on the pasuk, after it tells us about taking the dalad minim, is a pasuk mamshe chasmach talat neshanal keichem shivas yamim. The mitzvah simcha v'chagas sukkas. Then the pasuk tells us v'usmach them to the mitzvah of simcha. So there's three mitzvahs in sukkah, in sukkas. The mitzvah of sukkah, the mitzvah of lulav, and the mitzvah of simcha. These three mitzvahs are going to correspond to the three concepts that we've been learning till now: mitzvah ayim, tshuva, and or in the opposite order, which is Hashanah, Tshuva, which is Yom Kippur, and Mitzvah, which is Sukkot. In Sukkot itself, you have these three things. You have you have Tshuva, and you have Mitzvah. And that's what he's going to explain in the next, next paragraph, the last one of Sivav, and then more at length in Siv Zayim. According to what we said before in Siv that you have Begol, Yom Hashanah, Hachtar HaSamelech. And Yom Kippur, you have Tshuva. And Sukkot, you have Mitzvahs. Is verstandig as the Atzmistik Achtos from Eden with Nebuchadnezzar from Kulachad will understand that the inherent Achtos 
of Yidin with the Abishan in the manner of Kulachad. Which is expressed in the Tamlichun Yelechem Rosh Hashanah. That is revealed in the inherent aspect of Sukkah. Therefore, the connection you have through Tshuva, which is the primary concept of Yom Kippur, is expressed in a more revealed way in the idea of Lulav. And the connection between Yitin and the Abyss that comes through Mitzvahs, will be revealed in the Mitzvah of Simcha of Sukkis. So you have Tam which is corresponds to the mitzvah of sukkah. You have tshuva, which corresponds, or the connection through tshuva, which corres- which corresponds with with lulav, and the connection through mitzvahs, which corresponds to the mitzvah of simcha. How does it work? Tam You might say we see it because because we said it's in atzmi of sukkahs. But how do the other things connect? That is what he's going to explain in Siv Zayin, the correspondence. Not the correspondence, the, the, the connection between these three things, Tamlichuni Alechem and Sukkah, Tshuva and Yom Kippur, and Mitzvahs and Simcha. Tshuva and Lulav, and Mitzvahs and Simcha. Sivzai, the Azbara Bazar. The great fear, as in the Minya for Tamlichuni Alechem is talking Chiluk and Tushin Aidin with Natsvetin. We said before that when it comes to Tamlichuni Alechem, there's no difference between one Yid and another Yid. This is why you see over here that every Si'if where they ever built up this, th- these three concepts are all, each prat is important to, to flow from one to the next to get to our ultimate point. One of the things that we said, and uh, we said in the, in the, in, in these three concepts, in the difference uh, uh, between these three is that the fact when it comes to Tamlichun Aleichem, there's no differentiation between one yid and another yid. Which this idea is revealed in on Sukkot in the midst of Sukkah. The idea that all Yidden are worthy of dwelling in the same Sukkah. All Yidden, without any differences, are befitting and worthy to dwell together in the very same Sukkah. So you see a connection between Tamlichuni Aleichem and Sukkot in the idea of Achtos. That Tamlichuni Aleichem, all Yidden are the same, and the Sukkah unites all Yidden together. Binigiyah Lulav state. Now, when it comes to Lulav, it says in Madrish, It's talking about Yidden and Goyim. They don't know who was victorious. Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lebisher says, Tlu lulveichem v'yedchem, take your lulavim in your hands. So yeidu akel shat m'schisem b'din. Everyone will know that you were meritorious in the judgment of Yom Kippur. Thus says, as the kapodah fun yom ha-kippurim, v'et nikiv in izgala v'sukis, that the atonement of Yom Kippur is revealed and recognized in sukis, in the midst of an atilas da'ad minim, in the midst of the lulav. So we see a connection between tshuva and Yom Kippur and the mitzvah of lulav. This reveals the connection of Yidin with Hashem through mitzvahs. Which mitzvahs call out from within the Yid the approach of simchas. They are rejoiced in the mitzvahs that Hashem gave them. So we see the connection between simcha and mitzvahs in general. So now, within Sukkis itself, just like we broke it down within our Shani Yom Kippur, that there was the Mitzvah Sayyim, there was Tshuva, and there was Itzum Yishalyayim, also Sukkis has these three things. Itzum Yishalyayim is the Mitzvah of Sukkis, of, 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 of Sukkah. 
the, the, the tshuva is represented in the mitzvah of lulav, which lulav, which lulav symbolizes the zechiyah the, bedin of Yom Kippur, and the mitzvah sayoyim is simcha, which represents the, the fact that Yidin are rejoicing in the mitzvahs that David gave them. So now we have broken down these concepts, these three concepts, a number of times. Number one, we looked at it in Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's the mitzvah sayyim, there's tshuva, there's itzum yishayim. We broke it down in the connection between the Abishter and Yidin. Yidin is a separate, Yidin are separate from Hashem that connect through mitzvahs. Yidin are closer to Hashem, but there still is a distinction, and Yidin are one with Hashem. We broke it down in the, in, in, in the differences between that there's, uh, 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 when it comes to mitzvahs, there's, a, there's every yid is different. When it comes to tshuva, there's similarities, but there's still some some distinction. And when it comes to tamlichuni aleichem, everybody's exactly the same. Then we broke it down to Shani and Kippur and Sukkot, and here we started going the other way. Rosh Hashanah is tamlichuni aleichem, Yim Kippur is tshuva, and Sukkot is mitzvahs. Then we broke it down in Sukkot itself, that Sukkot has a uh, 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 mitzvah of Sukkot. It has the mitzvah of Luliv, and it has the mitzvah of Simcha, and we connected that Tamlichuni Aleichem corresponds, uh, the mitzvah of Sukkah corresponds to Tamlichuni Aleichem over there, the Achtos of the Yidin is Kulach in the manner of Kulachat. The, the mitzvah of Luliv connects the Chuvet Tululvechem Biyatchem, where if we were connect with this, we would connect earlier on, there is a, there is a, a closer Achtos of Yidin, but it's still not a, not a full Kulachat. And then the mitzvah of Simcha represents this kashras through, with this kashras through mitzvahs, which is different by everybody. And based on this, we're now going to answer our original question of the, the sukkah shu'ula and the lulav shu'ula, the borrowed sukkah, the borrowed lulav, that we cannot be yetzah of the mitzvah with the borrowed lulav, but we could be yetzah of the mitzvah with the borrowed sukkah. And the way that Eva explained it earlier on, that sukkah has a unique characteristic that turns a borrowed sukkah into an owned sukkah. And how do we see that in Bepnimi will be in Sivchasantas? Based on all this, we're going to now understand the difference between sukkah and lulav. Where Eden and the Abister are one. So therefore, since you can't differentiate between the Yid and Hashem, you can't either differentiate between one Yid and another Yid. This means that the fact that all Yid are worthy of dwelling in one Sukkah, because of the greatness of Sukkah, all Yid are in an inherent, essential oneness. Not like two separate entities that become one. Etzim, all Yidin are to begin with one in one you and only entity, one essence. Their father is their din in them, therefore the din is as a sukkah shulari kishalai that a borrowed sukkah is as if it's his own. Unach mercies kishalai mamish, the Alter Rebbe says the word mamish, it's, it's literally his own. But on the baldas a sukkah is since the sukkah unifies all Yidin into one. Entity can man it up tailin ain't eaten from tzveitin. We can't divide, separate one eat from another. Who's organized the sukkah is not shaloi no don't tzveitin. I say it's not your sukkah, it's someone else's sukkah. No, it's designed to be enemies. It's his as much as it's the other person's because the whole idea of sukkah represents the oneness that all eaten are one thing. So my sukkah is your sukkah. Before we get to lulav, he points out in the brackets 
that gzula is an exception. Even though sukkah represents achtos, but if someone steals the sukkah, by doing that, he breaks and opposes the, the unity of the sukkah. By taking it away from someone else, he creates a, a crack, a separation in the oneness of sukkah. It's just the niggle between him and the person who he stole it from. Therefore, it can't be shaloi. Therefore, you can't be yetzi mitzvah in a stolen sukkah. But a borrowed sukkah, since it's being done with permission, it's my sukkah, as much as it's your sukkah, because we're all one and the same person. That only works by sukkah. When it comes to the Dalit Minim, the four kinds, the four species. Even though they too represent a unity of Yidin, we're binding together all four types of Yidin. As it's known, the famous example that the four types, of the four Minim, represent four different types of Yidin. Whatever this unification is in a way that they each retain their own identity. Even after they are bound together as one. And here is going to show how that works because of the connection with Yom Kippur. And if you remember, we said by Yom Kippur, the Beit Shuvah, even though it's not as different as mitzvahs in general, but still, each one retains their own way of doing Shuvah. Since, as we said, the mitzvah of Dalad Minim reveals the kapara, the, the atonement of Yom Kippur. Just like when it comes to kapara, there are differences. Between one and another, even though the main idea of tshuva is beyond the vision. When every person implements tshuva in their own life, it's done on its own individual level. So therefore, because Dalad Minim are symbolizing the Kapara of Yom Kippur, and by the Kapara of Yom Kippur, each person implements it on their own level. Therefore, when it comes to the Dalad Minim, there also is this idea that every one of the kinds retains its identity. And therefore, you can't say if somebody borrows Dalad Minim, you can't say that it's like it's his. Because he still retained his own separate identity from the other person, even though he's bound together to the other person and he's unified with the other person, but he still retained his own identity. And therefore, if he borrows something from the other person, you can't say because they're two separate people. Incredible. How we, 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 we started out in an in a Indian nigla, Sukkashula, Lulu Shula, and by now understanding the, 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 the Kesher between a Sharim Kippur and Sukkis, and the Kesher between these mitzvahs, Sukkah and Lulu, two Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. As they are, it actually explains to us the characteristics, the definition of the mitzvahs, that Sukkah is about, is about Kulachad. Mashenki Luliv is Achtos, but not Kulachad. And therefore, it actually has a halachic ramification that a borrowed sukkah, uh, is, you, could, you, you could use it for the mitzvah, and a borrowed lulav you can't. And actually, he says in the next paragraph, you see this hinted in the Pasuk itself. This also explains why by Lulub it says in the plural, and by Sukkah it says Loch in the single. 
in the individual. Yidin are one body, one unit. If you do one unit, you speak in the single and in the individual, when it comes to the Dalad Minim, with every single one retains their own identity. It's just that they are being bound together. Then they become a plural. You speak to them because you're speaking to a whole, to a group of individuals. Nevertheless, he's in them Dalad Minim for there still is the idea of unity. We are still binding together and combining all of these four kinds together. Then comes the fourth, the third idea of the third mitzvah, which is the mitzvah of Simcha. As we said before, it expresses the connection of Yidin to the Abishter through mitzvahs. And therefore, like we said before, by mitzvahs, everybody is on their own level, and therefore there is differences between Yidin. And therefore, also in the Simcha of Chagasukis, there were. Uh, 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 differences between the different categories of Yidin from and the great men of deeds who would dance during and the people the men and women who would come to hear and to listen which were uh, so for, there was many differences from the to the regular people, each one expressed their simcha in a different way, because like we said before, by mitzvahs, everybody expresses their own individualism, in their own individual level, and simcha of sukkis represents the mitzvahs, and therefore it was expressed in a way where each person expressed their own individuality. So now we see that the three mitzvahs of sukkis, each one corresponds to three different levels in the Achdus, either Kulachad, or there's differences, but they're bound together, or they're totally different. And that's why, when it comes to the mitzvah itself, there is differences in the fulfillment of the mitzvah, that a sukkah she'ula does work, because Kulachad, my sukkah is your sukkah. And, uh, and by Luliv, uh, my lulav is not your lulav because even though we're ba'achtos, but we're still retaining our own identity somewhat, and therefore you have to own your own lulav.